to Rebel and Create's first ever Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we're going to hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your tour guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kids. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we're going to hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. These stories will connect us and allow us to continue to grow into the men fatherhood is calling us to be. I bring each guest on due to a specific story they've shared with me, one that I think will either make you laugh or help you grow. Get ready. This is episode one. My guest today is Alex. How are you doing, Alex? Doing well, Ned. Alex and I have known each other for 10 plus years. Yep. And Alex worked at a company that I worked at. And at one point, I think he was even in a youth group that I was a youth pastor for. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of lot of church stuff. A lot and, of church and work stuff, stuff. And work stuff. And now friend stuff. Friends. <laughs> and we're both dads now. Yep. So that's pretty cool. So to give people a little bit more insight on who you are, before we rip off the Band-Aid and jump into the story I want you to share. Okay. I'm going to give them some framework of who is Alex. So Alex, how old are you? I will be 29 in a few months. Okay. We'll be 29. And how long have you been married? I've been married just over four years. Okay. And how many kids do you have? I have one, almost two and a half year old, and I have one cooking right now. Okay. So you have one and a half kids. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Okay. So you've been married for four years. You guys didn't wait too long to have your first kid. Nope. Uh, we were together. Uh, we were dating for four years before getting married, but uh, yeah, we only waited about a year before. She, we started trying like right out of the gate. Right when you got married. Yep. You're like, we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. Is that why you got married is to have kids? Yeah. Okay. No. So like, no, I mean, that's more than that, but I mean, we, we wanted kids. You were going to get married anyways, but it wasn't just to like keep your grandparents or parents happy that you weren't having a kid, not married. Or did you want to get married? Both. 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 All of the above. I, Check I, all the boxes. I just wanted to get married and have kids. See, I remember, and I feel like that's you for sure, is you always wanted to get married and have kids and do family. Yeah. Family uh, was what uh, was like your goal. Yep. Always wanted to be a dad. Always wanted to be a husband. So did it as soon as I could. Are you happy with your goals? Uh, with my goals? <laughs> of being a dad and a husband at 29? Uh, I, I think I I always knew I'd be a younger a younger dad and uh, and a younger husband lord willing you know okay. like i had to talk leah into it obviously it's not a it's not a one man so ro- you were the no, one talking one. her into marriage no well I'm, i think we're just all on the same page but like, <laughs> like i'm just lucky i found her where we were both on the same page because if it what if she wasn't as willing to be married and have a kid as i was i know that i would be the one pushing my other you know spouse got it so are your other friends married and having kids some are married. I think I, like I'm going to a wedding this Saturday. Um, so they're getting married, but uh, not many have kids. So now you're in the stage where all your friends are getting married, but you have a kid. So you don't get to go to the wedding and just stay out and drink all night with them. You go home. <laughs> so the thing is, is we, we talked about whether or not we were going to stay the night and like, like Leah's pregnant right now. Well, so she, she can't, can't drink. so she can't do it. So I'm like, all right, I don't want to party by myself, but um, we talked about staying and getting a hotel. I'm like, no, we want to go home and, you know, be, be next to our kid and like, know that he's like, I want to listen to him on the, on the baby monitor. Yeah. That's way better than like, I don't know, drinking a little and going to sleep and waking up with a hangover. At okay. least to me today. Today. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Do you think your parents are going to be listening to this or is Can that why you get that answer? My parents drink more than I do. do so. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What does your son call you? My son calls me Dada. He, I, I get like Daddy every once in a while, but it's Dada. But then if I'm not listening, he calls me Alex. He calls me by my name. So two and a half years old, he's already just like you're Alex. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he just he th- he thinks it's cool that he knows my actual name. That's funny. So he'll he'll slip it in whenever he can. I give him that look, like Dude, re- respect, respect me. Yeah, respect me. <laughs> But it's it's also hilarious, so you gotta just let it fly. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, so rebel and create; those are two words that I live by, and it can mean a slew of things. But really, at the core, is to rebel against the view that my actions as a man have little impact. So rebelling against that idea, mm. rebelling against the status quo that men aren't significant. Uh, in the things that we do. And then out of that, create a life engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. So with the idea of rebel and create, what is one thing in your life that you're working to rebel against right now? So I, I wrote down my answer so that I would remember it, but uh, I wrote a generalized or stereotypical view of happiness is what I rebel against. And more context to that would be, I'm learning to be self-aware of what I like and don't like and what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So, um, the, I, I just don't want to be wrapped up in like what other dudes are supposed to like to do or like what other 29 year olds are just supposed to be doing. Like, I love playing video games. I played till one thirty like this, this morning, technically last night. Right. Yep. And I made sure that I had time to like go to sleep and wake up and go to work this morning. But like a 29 year old dude dad so you just embrace it like i, just I embrace like this it. like i don't like working on cars i yeah. i just bought my house nine months ago and i bought my lawnmower last weekend like how long was that grass <laughs> uh i didn't measure it because i didn't want to i didn't want to put in because you don't have a tape measure i also don't have a tape measure <laughs> but <laughs> dad print can bring over your lawnmower and yeah. your tape measure <laughs> um <laughs> No, I, uh, it, it took me five hours to do both lawns and it's not, oh they're not gosh. very big lawns. Did you turn on the lawnmower? Like, did it have gas in it? You turned it on. Right, so you know how is, it works. There's another right? thing about me. I'm a tech guy. I oh, bought okay. an electric lawnmower okay. and I didn't buy it used cause I don't trust other people. So I bought it brand new at Home Depot. <laughs> so, okay. So you're rebelling against the happiness thing. And I think a great example is you're not going to stay and party at the wedding or make your wife go home or right. sleep in a hotel room yep. by herself because you want to go drink with your friends, which I think I struggle more with FOMO, Mm -hmm. right? Fear of missing out. So I'd be like, we got to go. Everyone's going to be there. Um, I I think I'm getting better at that, but I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement during the month of November and the beginning of December, 2019, I need your help. And this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there, but it will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because 
We believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. I'm literally the exact opposite. Like I have to talk myself into, I went to, so the wedding I am going to on Saturday, I went to that guy's bachelor party a couple weekends ago. And I have to talk myself into that because I'm, it's so you like your homebody. I'm well, it's not, I, I am a homebody and I like, I enjoy being home, but I have to like, I have not flexed the muscle of partying with friends in so long now that I'm like, I have to remember that it's fun. So like, right. it actually, it took effort for me to like, for you to go. Did you have for, fun? Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Nice. Like I, but it took effort for me to remind myself that it's like cool to drink until I got drunk that night. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because it was like save time with friends and we're all just hanging out. But I just, it's not something I, I haven't done it since like 19. <laughs> nice. Okay. So back to rebel and create, you're rebelling against doing things that aren't focused on what makes you happy. So what then are you creating with that empty space? So we know video games kind mm-hmm. of doing things you mm-hmm. like, but what else are you creating in your life? Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I am in, the create space just yet um i am like being okay with like what what gives me joy like playing games and and, and watching good tv shows so you're creating space i i well i'm creating space but like I, I also like i'm the type of person that wants to 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 also like i don't know not necessarily like quote unquote like build a legacy uh like i mean i am interested in that but i like creating things that I can actually look back on. Um, so I like messed around with YouTube videos for a little while, obviously doing this podcast here with you. Cause I think that's interesting. So I've been just toying around with social media and, and I don't know, just different mediums of expressing myself to see what I like to do and, and what fits, but I don't want to like, I, I am past the part where like, I want to be like, internet famous or something right, like right, that. Right. Like I'm not interested in that. I want to find something that I enjoy the journey of. So cool. I'm, I'm just messing around with that. So now I'd like to jump into really why we wanted to have a conversation mm-hmm. uh, because the goal here is to share a story. Like when I, when I know somebody and I know they have a story that I think other men could benefit from, but there isn't a medium for it to be shared. This is a spot that it could be done mm-hmm. while someone's driving to work mm-hmm. or working out or taking a shower or taking a dump. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so when you had your first child, you had a couple of experiences that you weren't prepared for mm-hmm. and nobody talks about really. Yep. And so I'd love to hear those. Sure. So let's start with the lighter of the two, which would be, and I actually did get, uh, I, I was, talked to by my two bosses at work which i don't really know what prompted the the conversation now that i look back at it but they told me i remember that it's okay not to be in love with your kid the second it's born and that when i first heard it i'm like nah i'm gonna be different like i'm not gonna be that guy that doesn't love their kid like but um I mean, that it's true. And it's not that I didn't love or care for my brand new baby boy. It's that in comparison to what I thought it was going to be right out of the gate and what it is today are miles apart. You had this expectation that baby comes out and it's like, 
Rainbows I'm just, and unicorns exactly, and it's just, just magical. Exactly. Magical just enthralled with the fact that like I have a kid. But it was just like, yeah, I was I was enjoying it and I was I've been around kids long enough and like people with kids to know that like I gotta change diapers and you know, shit like that. But So it was helpful for them for you going into it. Or were you, was it more I, of a reality like, whoa, I don't feel like I thought I did. And then it brought you back to what they said to you. It, exactly. It brought me back to like, okay, well, apparently this is like, it's I, not I, just you. It's not just me. Yeah. But again, it's so hard to explain because it, I, I, I would do anything for him. And I remember thinking that in the moment, but I'm just like, is this, is this kind of it? Like when do you feel like that wore off or that you, as soon as he started getting a personality, right? I would say maybe like nine months when he was like starting to learn to walk and he was like, and he, you know, you could, do something funny and, and he would and like you knew the his personality well enough to know what would make him laugh so it was a time it took time it to took adjust time. Yeah. and to have a deeper relationship exactly that's him. exactly you nailed it that's exactly what was missing is there wasn't a deeper relationship it was more of like a caring for a puppy right. sort of deal right it was just like all right it's time for him to sleep it's time for him to eat it's he just shit his pants like yeah it's just task did you change diapers oh yeah i'm so i'm so glad it wasn't a girl i won't go into like but (laughs) like i'm i know how to wipe poop around balls so like like all right cool we're we're good on this one do you have to wipe poop around your own balls (laughs) it depends depends. yeah i mean gotta okay so you have practice with that (laughs) yeah well you don't wipe from front from back to front uh no no i don't think anybody does okay. I, I hope any i hope okay. nobody i had to think about how i wipe my butt and then physically think about it okay so, so i so before we leave this because i'm curious or or i didn't know until very recently that some people wipe their ass while they're still sitting on the toilet that's how i wipe my ass that's I lean so to the, weird i lean over to the why right. i stand up you stand up i stand up the only thing i don't like about that <laughs> is taught that you how to wipe your butt i don't, I don't know maybe you taught to... me i don't know who's doing it wrong i don't know yeah there's an, i don't know what the because everybody you know bitches about whether or not the toilet paper should be above or below which right. the only answer is above the um, only correct answer is okay above. but uh but i i honestly no idea thought everyone wiped their ass the same way i do standing up now i'm gonna start looking under stalls just like is that person sitting or standing (laughs) but see that's the thing (laughs) is uh, that's the one downside of standing up is like you're just free balling through that you know you know that (laughs) that the crack of the crack of the of the stall that like at my work at least there's a mirror that i can you can can see see yourself i can no i I can't see myself but i can see through the crack to see the mirror Mm. to see to who is washing their hands oh gosh so I'm just nervous that like I I wait till they walk out before I stand and wipe. So sometimes you're on your phone for a while. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, till you're like your legs go numb. Oh my you gosh. I mean? Okay, so let's take this laughter <laughs> to to a another level. Sure. So you shared first off that you thought you'd love your kid mm. right out the gate, and it wasn't what you thought, but it was a transition, and you had a little prompting from some sure. some bosses sure. even which is cool to tell you that mm. so what's the next level uh so i i mean i was fortunate or blessed or maybe it's just like the way i'm wired that like i was able to just like look back on 
that advice that they gave me mm-hmm. and I just attributed it to that and just trusted the process and say, all right, well, like it must get better because like, I don't know any dads that don't like, don't love their kids years into like having them. Right. And that's what yeah. happened. Like I love, I love my son Asher to death. Like he's, he's the best. So now what was it, Leah's experience? So Leah's experience was very much the same, but she took it at like her, she took it a hundred, a thousand times harder than I did. And that's really what I want, you know, people to hear is your experience as being a new dad and mm-hmm. a husband, mm-hmm. relatively new husband. Mm-hmm. What was she going through? Yeah, she, so she has had um, anxiety in the past. Uh, and, but it was never, it was never a real, I don't want to say it wasn't a real problem, but it, it didn't affect us. Didn't uh, affect uh, your relationship. Deeply. I mean, it, it just didn't affect us as negatively as it did after Asher was born. So she got hit by the postpartum train about as hard as you could get hit. How far, how long after like you were in the hospital was the, the, that all good experience. And then you come home and then, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not her. Right. So like, I have no idea what the female body goes through after giving birth and how numb you might feel or whether you're in shock or I have no clue. Right. I mean, you can only assume that like your body is just coming back from this insane state of literally giving birth to another human being. But so, I mean, to me, there were no signs of any, any negative effects while we're in the hospital, but I, you know, going home, and taking care of him for the first few nights, you know, she was tired. I tried to let her rest as, as much as possible. Um, I was home only for a week and a half, which I definitely should have stayed there longer before going back to work, but everything was fine, at least in my eyes for a little while until about, I want to say maybe a week and a half, two weeks. I distinctly remember Leah walking into our bedroom upstairs we didn't have Asher with us. I don't think she might've just put him down or something like that. But she, she walked in and you could tell she was like on the verge of tears. Mm -hmm. And she said, it, it just feels like a job. Like she didn't give context or anything. She just, I like, I knew and she knew like she motherhood felt like a job and that's it. And was it a statement or was it like, breakdown cry it was breakdown like that was the one sentence she got out before breaking down and and crying a different cry than i had ever seen before okay so she's not a she's not a crier to that extent to that extent again it was was a different it it wasn't like i watched a sad video on facebook and like i have the feels right now it was like i i feel defeated Hmm. sort of thing and it was heartbreaking did you feel like jump up let me help let me figure this out or did you feel like oh my gosh i don't know what to do in the moment that my typical reaction like my the way i'm wired is to try to help but in the moment i remember i did i just asked questions to get to get a better idea of what she was feeling and you had said i know that i mean she babysat our kids and Mm -hmm. she was a nanny Mm -hmm. and she went to schooling for that so Mm -hmm. i mean she had all these I mean, do you think that played into it? Like yeah, she had when she, spent so much time with kids. Right. When she said it felt like a job, my I immediately attributed that to like it feels like all the other jobs I've ever had. Like and, and so I'm like, okay, well in in 
I'm, this is all happening in the moment it's happening. She must feel like she doesn't love Asher. Did she ever say that? Yeah. She eventually, you know, again, looking back, she said that she, she just didn't feel like she loved him the, the way that she expected to. And, and that was so much of the driver of why she felt why the, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not a therapist or psychologist or whatever, but my, my reasoning for all of this is that she had her hopes and her expectations set so high on what motherhood would be that when reality struck it hit her hard and it might have been the you know she watches families on youtube right of like their kids and like what they're doing what it's supposed to be what it's a quote unquote what what it's supposed to be or instagram and like so she was feeling inadequate. Yeah, well, and... people only post their best side right. online. And so she was like, why is that not me? Right. So a couple things I'm thinking is, is one, you had said a minute ago, you took a week and a half off of work. Mm-hmm. You probably should have taken more. Mm-hmm. So for other dads, what would you, what would you say would be helpful? Because I know when we had our first kid, you just kind of feel like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I guess my job is to provide, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to work. That's so what we I literally felt. had Brooklyn on Friday, mm-hmm. and Sarah still talks crap on me in a loving way. I went back to work on Monday. Damn. And like I was in sales, so I could kind of be around a little bit, but I was yeah. like, my job's to make sure there's m- money here. But I definitely would say I wish I would have done it differently. So do yeah. you think that that would have helped I, at all? Or? Yeah, I mean, I... Asher was born on a Wednesday, so I took Wednesday through Friday off, and I hadn't even decided if I was going to go back to work the following week. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't remember exactly why, but I was like, you know, what? I'm, I have, I think I had up to a month. I could have taken a month, no problem. Uh, but I'm also in sales too, so you know, uh, salary is nice, but commission is better. So, yeah. and, and I feel the same way. My my job, at least in my mind at that time, was to provide. So, might as go, might as well go back and do what I what I've been doing. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I, if I had to give advice to any, any other dads or, or potential dads out there, be, I, I, I mean, it's hard because I'm going through it now a second time. And my, what I'm going to do this time is take the full four, the full four weeks, the full up? four. Um, so are you planning for that? Or are you setting aside money now? Cause I mean, it's not like they oof. just tell you tomorrow, if you're going to have a baby, you have nine months to think about it. Um, I think I think I'll just have to live on the salary and and you know not have to go out for I mean I go out for lunch almost every single day yeah. so like there there are things I can do you to can live. cut back on I can cut back okay so and this is the focus is definitely not on Leah right mm-hmm. it's we know she went through something serious which we hope that more women get help for mm-hmm. and and it's a real thing and it should be okay to talk about which i get it's like i don't want to post hey i'm on instagram i'm depressed today when right. i have a two-week-old yeah. and i should be living on top of the world mm. but focusing on the dad so one is should have maybe stayed home a little bit longer mm. um so she shares this with you and you already said you were changing diapers and helping yeah so at some level it sounds like you were there and involved yeah is there anything you look back and go not not that she wouldn't have gone through it anyways, but I guess how did you support her through that? I just did 
the things that I thought needed to be done in the moment, like again, like changing diapers or feeding or whatever. But I, so, did let me ask you this: Did you ever feel like she shouldn't feel that way? That she shouldn't feel what exactly depressed? Oh, I mean, no, I don't. I don't feel like she shouldn't have felt that way. It makes sense why she felt that way. Right. My whole thing for her and her anxiety and and the depression that she went through was always that I feel the same way and, and I in like the reason why you feel that way makes total sense to me and probably anybody else and you think but, that she, she but felt it didn't that... but it didn't feel normal to her she felt like this was her um this was her not measuring up to being a good mom right you know what I mean but you felt like she was a good mom oh god she's the best mom and, and I'm you not made just her saying feel that way like, through the time. I tried, yeah, but it's like it it just some it just doesn't get through. Like you know, but I mean, but I maybe but maybe that's a thing. Is like, dude, we always want a solution as guys. Mm-hmm. You just let her be in it, mm-hmm. like as long as it took, right? I mean, the, I hate to tell you, nothing I ever did helped. I mean, maybe sitting and being an ear was was helpful and and therapeutic in the moment, but. Like I didn't ever give her like the thing that like snapped her out of, of postpartum. Like it just, she eventually grew to know that like whatever motherhood or what, whatever experiences she's going through now are yeah, normal. Like that sounds like you supported her as best I could, I as guess best you could. Yeah. So there was one instance that you had shared with me before we got on the podcast that really was like the kind of the lowest point. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember how long or how deep into after. So again, the the her telling me it felt like a job was about two weeks in, one, uh, a week and a half to two weeks in. But it just got worse from there. And you, like you were just saying, like, we want to be solutions, guys, and like fix it as fast as possible. And it just nothing was working. And I think it was frustrating me and it was frustrating her. But like she's like uh, depression the, from the way that I understand it is just like you are so locked into your own mind right. that there's just no hope. Um, and so nothing I was doing was ever, was ever helping. And so just the, the, the rut of mother of motherhood and changing diapers and all that stuff think just piled on and piled on and piled on and one day we were talking about it we you know both well aware that you know she's she's depressed at, at this time in her life and she said that she was like she, she was having suicidal thoughts i don't think she was contemplating how she was going to do it i don't think she ever got that far in in after talking to her nowadays, like she never, like she was a ways away from like having to call a hotline or something like that. Right. But it was like constant enough in her mind that she was thinking, you know, the easier way out of this might just be to not be around. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of us have thought, shoot in our heads, this would be so much easier if I just wasn't here, Mm -hmm. but to verbalize it is like a whole nother level because then that's, that's her just being super real. So, dude, right there, that shows me that you, through the process, you say you didn't help, you know, solve the problem. Yeah. 
but she felt safe enough to say that to you. Yeah, the thing that scares me, though, was how long did she wait to tell me? But I don't know that that matters, because I think we can always think these, like, what if this and what if that. Sure, sure. But the fact that she said it, because things like like that are not things that we want to tell people. Mm -hmm. I think we all have thoughts that we never want to share with people. Mm -hmm. And we can dig ourselves out of it, usually, you Mm -hmm. know, but... Um, I think right there as, as other people are listening to this and other people are going to go through this without a doubt. One, you were available enough and supportive enough where she felt like she could say that to sure. you. Sure. And then on top of it, you guys are having another kid, mm-hmm. you know, Asher's two and a half and how, how far along are you right now? Man, she's going to kill me for not knowing. I think she's like 18 weeks or something like that. The due date is November 8th, I believe. Okay. So crazy how, let me ask you this. So after your first kid, did you count weeks as much as you did the first time? Because I feel like it's not that I don't care. It's that like the milestones aren't as exciting. I don't think I ever counted weeks. Okay. (laughs) I totally love my kids. I don't feel that bad for like not caring what, what fruit the kid is most like in oh, size yeah, right size? now. Like that's funny. Maybe I mean she she's still like kind of into but it. But that's cool. She's but, excited about yeah, it. I mean, so that so she's excited to yeah, have another kid. Yeah, she's definitely excited. She's nervous about what might happen again. Yeah, but okay. So what is anything that you're going to do differently this time? One is you said you're going to stay home longer. Yes. Anything else you do differently? Remind her that it's not all butterflies and rainbows when that kid pops out. I think one thing that one thing that we definitely are not fully, I don't know if to say if we're not fully prepared for it, but I mean, we have never had a toddler and a kid, uh, like an infant before. So right. that's something we're going to have to learn. But um, I, I think it's all like all the things that we're going to do differently outside of just changing, like having our mindset be more flexible to what, what might happen right. is that we're definitely going to ask family and friends for help a lot more often. And that's more on her side than it is mine. Um, it's easier for you to ask. It's easier for me to ask. And my parents are right down the, you know, right down the road. Yeah. And like, I know how to ask my parents. Whereas like Leah's not going to ask my parents as quickly as I am, if that makes sense. Yep. And, and she has her parents help out too. And, and they're awesome, but we're going to just, lean into help a lot more the second time around so that she doesn't get overwhelmed by the the stress and the and the monot i mean i'll just say it monotony of of having an infant yeah for sure of having kids at all so before we we wrap up it i want to ask you think you and leah are closer hmm from your first kid and through that process of her postpartum and you walking alongside her with that. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're closer? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to get to know, I, I knew the things that she liked and didn't like. And like the, I feel like I know way more than surface level stuff about her now. Like I kind of get more of like what makes her tick and like what triggers like what different things might trigger depression or, okay. You know what I mean? Paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. So you said something a little bit ago that, you said, I don't think that I really helped snap her out of that, but sitting there being a listening ear. Mm-hmm. So do you think that through that, I mean, I'm still learning how when my wife comes to tell me something, not to go, oh, well, let's just do this, this, and this. Oh, She's like, 
wants to punch me. Oh, right. But do you think that through that process, like you got a lot better? Because it's a lot touchier when you think somebody is like, I mean, on the verge of like crying or having like yeah. meltdowns. So do you think you got better at listening? Yes. Am I still good? No. It, yeah. Did I get better? Yes. I mean, yeah. I, so if you were to say just kind of one or two closing things from what you went through mm-hmm. that you think would help other dads who not might, but will somebody will find themselves in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. What are a couple of things you'd say? Uh, seek help from who? Uh, it depends on, on what it is exactly. Right. So it could be, um, you could, she needed medication. Medication was her saving grace for a lot of it. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. There's a, st- you have to realize that there is a stigma wrapped around postpartum depression and just having any negative thoughts about being a parent. Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've everything. seen like the mom groups on Facebook. I, I don't know if there are dad groups that are equally as bad, but like moms will rip into each other right. over parenting decisions and like that. Like, do you use that formula is, or do you use breast milk yeah, or it's whatever? Just, it's like, do let it's, people It's so it frustrating out. because I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you be tearing somebody down when, they, when they're, when they like, looking for help? Or like okay, to, so you're saying accept help and dads to accept help, ask for help. Right. Well, that or, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit, right? So, yes, I, I think expect, expect the unexpected, which is, you know, everybody says that. But, like, things are going to go wrong. And it's not going to be what you see on TV or what you see on Instagram or whatever. Like, I would just say, seek help, be be open, be be listening, but like, move past the stigma. It, I think would be how yeah. I would put it. Like, just life is messy. Embrace it. Exactly right. Okay. Anything else? No. This was fun, dude. I love it. Thank you for your willingness to share because it's like. Like I said, ripping off the Band-Aid, you know, it's 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 something that's real, but it matters. And so I hope that um, the story you went through, and I know many other men yep. do and will go through, yep. that they could gain some insight from it. Yeah, my, my hope is that we're better off the second time around with, with uh, Lincoln, the, our second kid. Lincoln? I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'll have Link and I'll have Ash. So I'll have my little Nintendo babies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I hope it's helpful for anybody, but I, I mean, I, I appreciate what you're doing here on the podcast and, and what you're wanting to do as far as like getting, getting deeper, going more than surface level on like what dads might need to know or will need to know. Someone's going to go through it. So let's, let's talk about it. Let's not brush it under the rug anymore. Yeah. Right on. Thanks, cool. man. Thanks, bro. Thank you for listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Make sure to subscribe and tune in each week to real conversations with real men living real lives in the real world. This is your host, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood.